0: Hey, g'day one, g'day all, welcome to another fascinating show of strange days, there is no doubt about that. Right, we're going to have a little bit of an intro, let the room rock and roll, and then we'll um, get on with the broadcast. Enjoy the ride, guys. Righty, righty, right. We're not all right. We're half left, guys. That's right. We're half left. Now, on my next little adventure, let's go into the folder of mischief. <coughs> the mischievous folder. Okay, where are we going to start this little sucker from? Oh, yeah, we could start from here. Hi right, Dog, where are you? Yeah. You the assassinated Japanese PM didn't follow the WEF orders, didn't mandate vaccines, and sent one point six million doses back to GABA Citizens Ivermectin. Alright, and gave the citizens ivermectin instead. And he was assassinated. Makes sense now, doesn't it? It makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world, doesn't it? What do you know about the sacred site in Australia by the name of Uluru? What do you know about Uluru?
1: Far exceeded my expectations. Here's Rock. So let's take a look at Uluru. All right, mateys. As is my style, I go right for the heart of the matter. Well, I'm going to tell you right now Uluru, in my opinion, is a tiny piece of a heart. (laughs) This is what threw me for a loop. I knew it was a heart, but I, I couldn't put it together. Now I realize it's just a tiniest little piece of a heart. The heart is just enormous. Now, blood meal, lush growth and deep greening from blood meal. I say this every video. If you find the red, lush, green, green, green growth, you have found biology. And with the greener, the bloodier. And guess what Eluru is? right there all right this is about as bloody green as you can get you see this the water washes down and it brings all the blood down with it and it grows like crazy this is a heart however it's just the tiniest little snippet of a heart that's what threw me off i said this is something's not right i can't find valves i can't find all of the signatures but i can see the banding of the muscle, and I can actually see the um, the cardiac muscle as well, because it's eroded in spots. Let me show you that. But this is this is, in my mind, this is undeniable. Look at this green and all of this stuff. I'm going to show you very shortly. But this is all cardiac muscle. This striped stuff. You see this here? It's eroded down to where you have the actual. Well, I'll show you the, the anatomical. All right, this goes back to my original study of Uluru back in uh, 2008. This is an image from Google. Now you can see a little of the green, but it didn't strike me any big deal at that particular time because I, you know, I had a lot of other things I was focusing on. But but I could see these heart muscle banding. But it just, it, it didn't fit the profile because it's just, it would have to, it's its much, much bigger than this if it was a heart. And I thought, how could anything be bigger than that and still be a heart? Well, shocked as I am, I will show you, it's much, much bigger than this. The problem was I couldn't find any valves, plumbing, tubing, nothing. If it's a heart, it's going to have a lot of that stuff and it's going to have a lot of blood vessels, which it did have some, but not... As much as I was expect for a heart. But this is just the tiniest little snip of the heart. All right, like I said, my style is to cut right to the chase. Now, don't forget, this was the original image I had, and I was confused, and I didn't understand how green this really is until the new Google Earth came out, and I can see this. <laughs> That's pretty green. And you can see where it's running off. It's it's taking the blood out and running it off. Blood meal makes things grow green as green can be. So now I'm thinking to myself, if this is a whole heart here, it's buried down on the ground like this. But no, that is the tiniest little piece because I believe up over here somewhere is one of the, right here, I believe is one of the heart valves. You see the size of this here? That circle? Look at this closely. And then you have this on the inside. All right, that's the style of a, of a vein valve, is it has like an in, and then it has a valve, which I think the blood can, comes this way, through this. So if they go that way, they go that way. If they come this way, they come this way. No, this is the outside edge. You see it around here? You don't have abrupt transitions in a circle like that for nothing. And then this is the the gooey stuff that runs down into the valve that gives it a little bit of flexibility. And then this down here is where the valve is. And I believe that blood came this way because it's not pushed down inside. All right, and this is about 10 meters, I think, above this. Down here, it's 606 meters. Well, let's go way down here, 563 meters. Up here, it's 692 meters. And I believe this is almost like like a piece of iron blood coming out of here. It's certainly part of the tubing. As far as I'm concerned, I I see this undeniably as part of the tubing. All right. And it's running out of these, you know, everything's fed a certain way and it has certain, structural things that I, I understand it now pretty good and I believe the blood came this way in, through this valve but if this is a heart valve and Luru is way down over here somewhere way out and never never land way over here or somewhere down here it's tiny compared to the, even the valve so think, think of the size of this now I, I don't know if I'm right or not because I just turned this all around I believe this is a digestive system. You see this? And again, I'm pretty in tune with all of these different things. Look at this. Why would this be this way? This was a creature with a heart. It would have a digestive system. It would have lungs. It would have all kinds of stuff. And when I start looking at these things, I'm, you know, I'm... Whenever you have like a... See, this This is a membrane. That's a membrane.
0: Now, there's two options with this gentleman. He's either got a bloody good imagination or he's right. Back in the day, there were giants. Catherine, Catherine Austin Fitz interview. Uh, Check so this out. Catherine,
2: can you tell us what is the difference between... Cash and, uh, money. cash
0: and digital because money difference. Don't the
2: difference they say that they already pay with cards how would you explain to them that
3: it's so when i pay with cards uh, somebody can see everything i'm doing and when i pay with cards uh, someone can take a skim so the financial institutions can take a skim off of my local money and my local business when i pay with cash I can uh, I can keep the transaction private and it's much more economic for many of the businesses I do business with now it's true that you can uh, you can do these things with digital money through credit cards but when you introduce CBDC you just end up with much tighter control so we all saw the trucker shut down in Canada. Um, by the central banks, by the central banking system, and we're talking about a system that with CBDC and other innovations makes it much easier not only to shut you down, but to take taxes out of your account without representation or without your permission, or to determine where you can go, where your money will work, and what you're allowed to buy, and who you're allowed to associate with.
2: And uh, can you... Explain for us the core of that reinvention
3: of money. Control. So so the core is control, but it requires an all-digital system, whether it's credit cards or central bank digital currency called CBDC. If you have an all-digital system, then you have complete control, and I can shut off your money if you don't do what I want. Um, We've seen the, the top central banker in the world from the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland announce and say publicly, we can make the rules and we can enforce them centrally.
2: And what will happen with uh, commercial banks? Small will
3: fall,
2: but with
3: so, big ones. So if you bring out central bank digital currencies, you can bring them... Out in a way where the customers have direct accounts at the central banks or you can bring them out in a way that the banks have uh, accounts at the central bank and the central banks still or the banks still do business with their customers. The reality is over time you can squeeze out the banks and the question is how fast will the central banks do it? So my expectation is over time essentially most banks will be put out of business if we allow this to happen.
4: How is it all connected? Uh, WHO, digital money, pandemics, ESG,
2: maybe also BlackRock. You can
3: speak as everyone. Right. So, so what we've been watching, as I said, is the centralization of the financial system, and. That's currency, but it's also investments, it's also banking, it's all aspects of the financial system. And um, and so what we've seen is the increasing control of currency leading to a CBDC. Many of the cryptocurrencies are simply prototypes to help get us there. But we're also seeing that in the investment business where the big investment managers like Bankrock, uh, BlackRock and Vanguard try and dictate terms and conditions, so we're seeing the terms and conditions of what you can do and where you can go and how you can use your money um, impacted and the way that everyone feels this Is with inflation. Have you noticed prices going up? And that's because the central bankers inject money and give it to their friends. And so they are protected as the prices go up because more money is in circulation. So the way that every person feels this is more rules and regulations, but enormous inflation infecting uh, not just your prices, but the time. You know, it's uh, uh, we feel like we're in a treadmill, and the inflation takes more and more and more of our time. It's a very extractive sy- system. And you, we all seen a viral video of Augustin Karstens, Car- but can you tell us a little bit more about Bank of International Settlements? So, the Bank of International Settlements was created initially to process the reparations from Germany after. Uh, world War One, and but over time it was given sovereign immunity, and so you have a bank that can operate behind secrecy globally, anywhere in the world. It's quite extraordinary, and they explain it all on their website. They are running the what's called the innovation hubs to coordinate a system worldwide of bringing in CBDCs, um, central bank digital currencies. And they call them innovation hubs. And many of their hubs in the other countries operate behind sovereign immunity. They have the power to manage money and move it around the world behind um, behind complete secrecy. And when you coordinate with the other central banks who can print money out of thin air, it's a quite powerful Uh, infrastructure and then you combine that infrastructure with the UN, the WHO, the World Bank and the IMF also operating behind very sovereign immunities and what we see is a machinery that is trying to build a system to essentially create digital concentration camps that that strip our countries of their sovereign powers and individuals of their sovereign powers. And
2: One more specific question. Augustine Carstens was very enthusiastic about control, but
3: Powell, I'm
2: not sure, but Powell is a chairman of New York Fed. He was a little bit
3: skeptical. Yes. Yes. you explain that formal procedure problem? So uh, when Karsten said that, I was, I was with my, my co-host John Titus. I was watching Karsten's and we were online together. And when Karsten said it, I said, did he really just say that? And, uh, and, and then Pal starts to talk. And Pal, you could see Pal was very...
0: Oh, damn. Sorry about that. Everyone, I forgot to say how long it was going to go for. This one goes for 15 minutes. I'm going to let it play out because this is pretty much coming up our alley and it's something that, you know, nothing to do with football, or the ice skating or whatever. This is um this is our reality and this is where things might be going. And I think she gives a really good insight. She's been around for a while, old um Catherine Austin Fitz. And um, she's got a really good insight to a lot of things, especially on the financial markets and banking. So she's going to go for another nine minutes, uh, just under nine minutes,
3: eight minutes. Um, Concerned because it's rare that a central banker tells you the truth. And Carsten's, in my opinion, told remarkable truth. Powell is dealing with a population of 325 million Americans who have guns. (laughs) And what Powell knew is he Mm -hmm. has said he needs legislation to do CBDC. So to implement, to to get legislation passed in the U.S. political environment in a way that makes transparent what Carstens had said to 325 million Americans who own guns and have state legislators who are under the Constitution more powerful than the federal government was going to create a serious political problem. So. Powell is clearly a little bit more reticent. Um, And I showed yesterday the video of the president of one of the 12 uh, federal banks. So the Federal Reserve has 12 private banks that run its train tracks. One of the presidents of one of those banks, Neil Kashkari, has said in a speech earlier at Columbia University, I can understand why the Chinese would want to do this, because it gives them complete surveillance and complete control. But why would Americans ever let this happen? And, and one of the speeches the central bankers give you is it will help financial inclusion. Cash Carey said, where's the evidence for that? Because there is none.
2: Maybe one more or two questions. Okay. Uh, i from Nigeria, Nigeria uh, it collapsed. Uh, is it any hope that uh, CBDC will collapse uh, and that they will not be able to implement
3: So so what they want is they want digital control of all financial transactions. They don't need CBDC to do that. They can do that with credit cards. They can do that with fast payment systems. They can do it by coordination, and they do this through the World Bank, coordinating the development of digital systems and fast payment systems globally. That's what they want. They want complete digital control. And I think that what they want is so antithetical to life and so destructive of both the environment and personal wealth that um, ultimately, as people understand how destructive this is for the land, how destructive this is for children, how destructive this is for families and personal health, they will push back. And my concern is the faster we push back, the less damage they can do so ultimately I think it can fail but I think it can cause enormous destruction and death in the meantime so the faster we push back you know uh, one of my favorite performance artists is Tina Turner and she says we can do this nicer rough the slower we push back the rougher it's going to get and that's my question. I would prefer for the pushback to come fast so that we can have a nicer transition than than the rough one, because the rough one could be very rough. And one more question. Uh, James Corbett uh, had a very interesting video about Bitcoin and other uncentralized uh, digital currencies. Is it Bitcoin aside? Is it uh, initiation uh, testing? So I I believe Bitcoin was a prototype to bring in CBDC. And I think many people in in a healthy, if we had a healthy governance system, private currencies, both local currencies or currencies like Bitcoin would be wonderful if we could trust the digital system. But we can't trust the digital system. So to me, the only alternative to a digital system is to build relationships and transactions outside the system so we can't be controlled by digital systems. The problem is not Bitcoin. The problem is digital systems. But if we are dependent wholly and completely on digital systems, whether it's CBDC or (laughs) Bitcoin or MasterCard or Visa, we're trapped in a digital concentration camp. So that's what we must do. We must, um, we must, you know. In a healthy system, we want both digital and analog. But we must never let them get us inside an all digital system.
4: What can governments and parliaments uh, do to keep the
3: cash? tremendous amounts tremendous amounts first of all they can encourage people in a variety of ways um, and and there are different laws depending on the jurisdiction that can help encourage that um, and permit small business for example in the United States we're now seeing small business charge a surcharge if you want to use a credit card you have to pay the amount of their transaction fee for their so so letting those kinds of things be legal but the other thing they can do which is so very important and this is what some of the states in the United States are doing they are working on making sure that the local citizens and the local banks and the government have independent payment systems so a central bank or anyone outside the jurisdiction cannot control your ability to transact with each other so when the new populist government during the financial crisis came into greece they discovered that their taxes were collected on payment systems that were controlled by corporate contractors that were loyal to the central bank And so they couldn't get control of their own tax money. If you're going to have sovereignty, you have to have sovereignty, control over your taxes and the information and telecommunication systems they operate on. So uh, Parliament can ensure the creation and management and maintenance of independent payment systems, and that's very, very important. If you go to Solari, there's a a panel on our website. at Solari.com, S-O-L-A-R.com. It says financial transaction free Freedom memo, And if you click on that, this is a memo I wrote to state legislators in one of the states in the United States. It was both the government officials and the legislature said to me, what is financial transaction freedom? What threatens it? And how do we secure it? And so, I wrote that with many, many links and lots of information. But if you are in any jurisdiction around the world, you should be able to convert that to what will work in your jurisdiction. But you want internally within your jurisdiction to be able to transact freely without anybody else being able to intercede and turn you into the Canadian truckers. And uh, one last question.
2: You have a big experience in finance and I would like to ask you to read the future. Will it happen in uh, some crisis or globalists and propagandists will encourage people to uh, get CBDC in some uh, uh, cheeky way? Will they give them money or... So So I
3: don't, I don't believe in prophecy. I believe in preparation. <laughs> so there are many different scenarios. And one yeah. of the things... You know, I can say about my former colleagues, because many of these people were my former colleagues. Um, You know, they kind of innovate as they go along, they make it up as they go. So we need to be prepared for real crises and manufacture crises. You know, both can happen. And that's why anything we can do to build local economic resilience. Uh, and make sure whether real or, or manufactured uh, we're protected and because we need to create independent economic income and ability to transact without the big central systems being able to to put us in the trick box. They wanna they want to make us dependent so they can force us on these digital systems. We want to walk away.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yes, but act globally in a way that is profitable. We want to build the biggest, the most critical ingredient to democratic process and freedom is family health and family wealth we want to build a productive economy that supports our families being healthy and wealthy together and um so there are many ways of doing lots of businesses locally that just are unproductive and waste a huge amount of money we want to be very very productive in a way that builds our health and our wealth and builds strong families and strong children
0: Yes. Yeah, she's, pretty, she's pretty thorough in her studies and findings, and as you can see, she talks to legislators and all that sort of thing. This one here. All right. We've got um, on this one. This is about Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla once received a copy of Walter Russell's Cosmology and responded back by urging him to lock up his knowledge for 1,000 years until mankind was ready for it. And We hear a lot about uh, Nikola Tesla, but we don't hear too much about um, Walter Russell, do we? Anyway, Walter Russell lived around the um, same time as Nikola Tesla and was a very respectable man. He knew many famous and powerful people, including the infamous Nikola Tesla, who was his friend. Um, Actually, a friend of his. Russell spent a full seven years to complete his book, The Universal One, which um, was to be given only to the top scientists during the time. So there was a limited amount printed. Nikola Tesla, being one of the top scientists and engineers, during that time met up with his friend, Walter Russell, to discuss their ideas on um, cosmologies. Tesla recognised the wisdom and power of Russell's work and urged him to lock up his knowledge in a safe for 1,000 years until man was ready for it. However, later on, because of how destructive humanity was heading, his wife, Leo Russell, felt it was necessary to release it to the public later on. And um, that's just a little bit about um, Walter Russell. You Don't hear too much about Now, this lady, can pain lead to healing? Now, that's an interesting topic. How you going, Shepo? How you going, on, mate? Surely when we realise our higher self has chosen for us to experience certain circumstances to learn valuable lessons as part of our evolution, but what about international, intentionally inflicted pain? I believe this is the chief inhibitor of healing and unconditional joy. Many people exhibit um, like a set of mystic sort of behaviors by limiting their own pursuit of pleasure, authenticity, freedom, and bliss in their day to day lives by choosing to be false and to live by the guidelines of others instead of the guidelines of their own heart. Accepting mistreatment is a form of self harm. We may not recognize if our past dictates that we are deserving of such treatment, underlying de- deserving of. You'll get where I'm going. Re, uh, recurring pain in our lives is a sign that we are not integrating our hearts full capacity to love and be loved. Only love can heal all wounds. Do you agree? Now she's going to go into a little bit of a um, an explanation, a bit more deeper onto this sort of um, way of thinking, and it's an underlying thing that um, that might give us and the, just these people that are. Um, That go through these sort of things. Ever listen to this. Pleasure from pain. But deep down,
6: nobody can find pain pleasurable. Some people derive pleasure from pain. But deep down nobody can find pain pleasurable. The caveat is sometimes we can become so used to experiencing pain that deeply formed within us is the expectation that it's bound to happen. And because of that we can develop deep coping mechanisms to strategize with our expected inevitability of pain, which can make that pain a somewhat pleasurable aspect of our experience. And this is how sadomasochism forms in the psyche. When you feel that abuse is a part of your life and there's nothing that you can do to escape it, you start wanting that abuse. You start expecting people to treat you in a certain way because you just don't feel that you're worthy of true pleasure. And so many people struggle with abusive relationships circumstances in which they have inflicted harm on them simply by not being able to exclude the possibility of that harm happening in the first place and a common incident is people will actually want that pain sexually this is bdsm this is the nature of people wanting people to mistreat them and to treat their body with the opposite of pleasure in order to make them feel like they are actually accepted for who they are but if we switch that paradigm around and we include pleasure as the transcendence of pain or the ability to surrender to an experience that is outside of what you might have experienced in the past, you can actually experience true bliss. And that is what we are all deserving. We learn to deal with pain in order to find our joy.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Very interesting. What are these people that keep inventing free energy devices? Stefan Marinov was the leader of the
7: European Free Energy Movement. In 1997, he made tremendous strides in the technology. Before he could develop his first prototype, he fell out of a window. Dr. John Mullen, a nuclear physicist, used to work for McDonnell Douglas, one of the largest military contractors in the world. He died of arsenic poisoning in 2004. His girlfriend was originally a suspect, but she was found dead in her apartment shortly after. There are no more suspects. There is no investigation. There will be no trial. Dmitry Petronov invented a plasma battery that powered his home for 14 months. In 2010, he went to a bakery and was never seen again. Zachary Warfield was another inventor who developed his own plasma battery. Warfield visited Petronov to exchange information. That same year, Warfield died in a strange boating accident in Washington, DC. Eugene Malov was a physicist and expert in cold fusion. He claimed he had a working prototype of a free energy device. In 2004, the day before he was to make a public announcement about his findings, he was beaten to death. Ari Degos actually patented free energy technology based on the zero-point field. In 2007, he was about to get on a flight to meet investors who were going to fund his research. He was found dead in his car at the airport. Rory Johnson created a cold-fusion laser-activated magnetic motor that generated over 500 horsepower. He planned a public demonstration of four vehicles equipped with this magnetron motor. The U.S.
0: Yeah, I have got the um, the full length here, actually. I've got... Um, his, his link has actually expired on the one I've got. Yeah, I've heard him several times before. Usually on this channel, though, I've never actually been to his channel. Yeah, very fascinating stuff. Now, let me get back into here.
8: Okay. was a
0: secret call that David
4: played, okay. the But oh, This I is a bit
0: deep. This is a scriptural one. The fifth, the now, it, um, this
9: particular Bible
0: it goes published. into a bit of um, talk about uh, Palestine at the moment. This goes back to some older um, Bible sort of verses and things like that. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper into this little subject about Palestine. We're going to take this out for seven minutes and see what you think of this. In
9: 1905. Now, the reason I brought it up is that I, I want to show a map that's in this Bible. Now, mind you, um, the Schofield Bible was not published until 1913. Right. And I have in my office an original 1913 Schofield uh, which was the introduction of the Zionist Masonic heresies about a future state of Israel and separating the church from Israel and all that rapture stuff. That's where it came from. He was a Masonic.
0: Yeah, ship. If you come across it many uh, times soon and um, throw it on um, that other platform, mate, that would be great in the link. I'd love, love to go digging a little bit more deeper into some of his other
9: ones zionist heresy that was introduced that. into the american churches in 1913 this is a 1905 bible pre Schofield, pre Schofield, with no scofield notes in it so you open it thanks, up thanks mike appreciate that. and uh this is on page 13 i mean this thing's big uh i want to show you here is <laughs>
0: We'll have an open line at about 35 minutes as well, if anyone's still in the room then And um, yeah, a bit of a chat and share whatever you want to share. um, Any upcoming shows or anything in your life you want to talk about or any grievances you want to let loose. Yeah, open line. It's your platform after this. So yeah, About I've got this will go for seven. I'll play a couple more things and then yeah, anyone wants to call in, which will bring us to about 10 past the hour, I reckon, (laughs) roughly.
9: There's a map of the Holy Land, and it says, what? Oh, Palestine oh, of mi- the Holy Land. They misspelled Israel. No. Palestine. <laughs> Palestine. Huh. And all up? these Christian Zionists, that tell me, Come Rick, on. there's never been a Palestine. All right, so here's a still. There it I is. Let's zoom
10: in and show you here. Yeah.
9: So, yeah, you hear these people like John Hagee, there's never been a Palestine. Well, look at this Bible map from 1905, and most and, and most Bibles, yes, from then, had a map of Palestine. Palestine, and Palestine is in the Bible itself, in the Old Testament. So, we're showing you this just because I'm trying to break through the propaganda the confusion, the lies that the Zionists have implanted in millions of minds of Christians in America and told them there's never been a place called Palestine. But I have a map, Rick. There it is. So, with that in mind, do you know who lived in Palestine? Uh, Palestinians? Palestinians. Hmm. I got that one right. Palestinians. And Palestinians were... Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. Muslim. Right. They, They weren't a particular faith. They were citizens of a particular country. Palestine. Palestine. They were all Palestinians. Yes. Jesus was a Palestinian. Look at this. So Israel has never meant a political country. It's always meant the people of God. Yes. Called out Ecclesia, the people of God. That's what Israel means. It's not a political country. With that in mind, we're going to show you some of the uh, the scenes of the violence that's taking place in Palestine uh, this week because here's what's happened in the night following the 1917 Jewish Bolshevik revolution in Russia where the Jewish Bolsheviks went in and slaughtered the Romanov families in a satanic ritual imposed communism on Russia killed hundreds of thousands literally millions millions of Christians hundreds of thousands of of christian orthodox pastors and burned their churches and just a a horrible attack on the russian church in 1917 and afterwards then they began to infiltrate palestine in the 1920s and the 30s in the 1930s there was a congressman in texas lyndon b johnson and he was smuggling guns and rockets and grenades from texas to Palestine. Putting them in the hands of the Jewish communist terrorists that were infiltrating Palestine. There was no Israel, no state of Israel. It was Palestine. And they crow about that. That's not a you know conspiracy theory. That's right from the Lyndon B. Johnson Library. The crates, the crates were called they were marked Texas grapefruits. The the grenades they were shipped as Texas grapefruits—the same grapefruits that blew up the King David Hotel. Right. So, so the 1920s, the 30s, and into the 40s, the uh, European Ashkenazis invaded Palestine, infiltrated the Arabs, Christian, Muslim, and uh, Jewish—all Palestinians. Mm-hmm. ...were alarmed by the arrival of the communist Ashkenazis from Europe. The so-called Jewish settlers were killing. They killed the Jewish residents of Palestine. Yes. You understand that? They killed the Jews who lived in Palestine. They killed Christians. They killed Muslims. They finally got enough critical mass... ...that they had enough numbers that they took over Palestine and declared their independence in 1948, and Harry S. Truman, a 33rd degree Freemason, quickly recognized this new country as a real country. And that's how we got to 1948 and the state of Israel. There's never been peace in the Middle East since that day. That day is marked by all Palestinians As a day of disaster.
4: Napka. Napka.
9: A day of disaster. The disaster continues to this day. The Ashkenazi invaders continue to take the land, the homes of the Palestinians who have resisted, refused to leave their houses, refused to leave their farms. It's not about Palestinians trying to, chase out Jews it's Jews who are trying to chase out Palestinians and to this day since 1948 they're still fighting them trying to make them leave
0: right Right, next on my little list this one's about mind control 1965. Electronic mind control research is not
11: new. A scientific milestone in this area came in the 1960s when Dr. Jose Delgado demonstrated remote control over a charging bull. By connecting a radio antenna to electrodes inserted into the bull's brain, Delgado proved that the animal's aggressive impulses could be thwarted by electronically manipulating the bull's muscle reflexes.
5: Do you realize? The fantastic possibilities, if from the outside we could modify the inside, could we give messages to the inside?
9: But the beauty is that now we are not using electrodes.
11: In recent years, Delgado has shown that the behavior of monkeys can be altered using low-power pulsating magnetic fields.
12: But in these experiments, there were no antenna implants. Any function in the brain, emotions, intellect personality
0: could be perhaps modified by this
11: non-invasive technology. Delgado's research has so far been limited to animals, but in the Soviet Union, a radio frequency or RF device has been used for over
12: 30 years to manipulate the moods
11: of mental patients.
0: Hmm. And what are they up to now, eh? Doing those sort of shenanigans back then. (laughs) Boggles the mind, doesn't it? Somewhere in the heavens, the great Bill Cooper is looking down strong, upon you America today, you saw her wearing a giant I told you so t-shirt. This man is truly ahead of his time. She tied
13: you to a kitchen chair. purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs, all existing governments, save theirs, and shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life and a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Uh, Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours, because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. And don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. Amen. And the moment the people in this country cease to be dangerous men, it's going to be the day we cease to have a country. And I'm going to tell you right now, unless we can be successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pins and from there they will go to the slaughter and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them.
4: She broke Sorry. your throat and she cut your hair and from your lips she drew the hallelujah.
0: <clears throat> hallelujah. Great little invention that might go far coming up, guys. Every day, man creates low-cost machine that produces pure drinking water out of thin air. and unveils it at CES. How is this possible when billionaires like Bill Gates and globalists have unlimited money and still pretend they can't create something like this and profit unimaginably amounts of money selling third-world countries their water purification treatments?
14: How is this possible? Creates water. This large behemoth that I saw at CES this year creates water from air. How is this possible?
10: That's a great question. So, so right now we're making water from air here in the booth. And soon we'll have water pitchers out and you'll be able to taste pure drinking water. And so what we do is we take the humidity out of the water, we pump air into the machine, and it gathers the water that's in, in the air. This has 50 gallons of tanks underneath it. So we fill up tanks and then we start filling up everything from that. We do a lot with the government, but this is the very first day that it's been open to the consumer market. Oh really? So you're catching it early on. This unit is designed to go next to a house and generate all the water you need for a house. It can replace a well, it can replace city water, and we make bigger units that can do even more. Well, if you can imagine two 55 gallon drums sitting here, they can refill those every day. Every day? Every day. If you go to GenesisSystems.com. Uh, you can look at our website, and there's information there. A unit like
0: this right now is $20,000. Okay. Yep. <clears> of <throat> was probably about, no, I'd say about probably six foot by five foot, maybe a bit bigger. Uh, let's see what he looks like next to us. This it. large behemoth. Uh, it's Drinking one. water. Yeah. So what we do maybe seven. we take the water humidity five. out of the water, we pump no, air not into the machine. It
10: yeah, yeah, gathers the water that's in, in the air. Four.
0: Yep, six or seven by five. That's not all that big. So we fill up square, tanks, pretty much. We start
10: filling up everything from
0: that. Doing... Yeah, one of these at each house, and away we go. Yippee ki yay, you know what I
8: mean? What a puppet
0: Hallelujah. show, eh? The puppet show exposed. Germany, France, Poland, oh, let and Davos in Germany, the the whole pretense that we are in some
4: kind of a democracy where people decide and people matter is all being thrown overboard and you see these naked uh, oligarch fascist forces moving to take and consolidate power. Okay, so, you know, Germany erupted. Now Poland erupted. I think it's a matter of time when France erupted. They They just appointed the youngest least qualified prime minister I would say in the history of the universe, this, the guy's 34 years old, he barely knows anything about anything. They made him a prime minister. The first appointment he did, Mel, would you believe? He appointed his ex husband to be the foreign minister. Oh, right? God. And his ex husband is a guy with not even a day's experience in foreign affairs. What a mess. So it's, they're, it's like they're spitting in our faces and they're saying, like, bite me. This is what's going on. Somebody else is running the show. Here, here's the puppets for your entertainments and somebody you can you can get mad at. Yeah. But obviously, you know, these 34-year-old boys, uh, you know, are not running the show, clearly. I, and, and, now, and now they're even, like, telling us.
7: Yeah, Well, that's now, the like, thing. Like, that's the scariest part about it. When I looked at the uh, Davos agenda and I saw that the, one of the first panels was what to do about America, I thought, oh, my God, they're not even hiding it.
0: <laughs> Unbloody real, guys. What a bloody mess, eh? Jeez, what a bloody mess. Hallelujah. The mysteries of the Mesoamerican mushroom stones. There was a mushroom cult in Mesoamerica. That's right. There are numerous antiquity statu- antique statues that show people or gods that are shaped like mushrooms. Mexico, Guantanamo, Guatemala, and other locations in Latin America are where you can find the mushroom stones. The production of the mushroom stones stopped for an unidentified reason. No one's quite, not quite sure. Centuries before Columbus set foot in the American soil. The mushroom Cult.
8: All early Christian artwork all depict mushrooms in their art. Take a look for yourself with an open mind. Jesus' birthday, we put presents under trees, just like how mushrooms grow under trees. And Santa is red and white, just like the red and white mushroom. Mushrooms are known for altering states of consciousness. Maybe this is why Mario collects mushrooms and levels up. Maybe this is why they made them illegal, to stop us gaining connections to these altered states of consciousness and these alternate realities. Could Jesus be handing out mushrooms to the people?
0: Good oh, yeah. The cross in the mushroom, an interesting read.
8: Maybe there's a God above All I've ever learned from love Was how to shoot somebody
0: Some new reports out of China the last few days A new deadly virus And no, it's not Miley Cyrus. Reports out of China are saying that a new disease, X Is emerging with a 100% kill rate on the lab-tested mice at the same time, China is assembling mobile crematoriums, guys. <coughs>
14: <coughs>
0: cremation on the run, eh? Yep, vans decked out as bloody cremation, bloody things. What's next, eh? Bloody hell, I'll tell you. You're getting very inventive over there, the old Chinaman. Is mercury safe or poisonous? You might be very surprised to learn that it's safe. That's right. Have you lost your mind, Osman? I haven't lost my mind. I haven't lost my mind.
3: Hallelujah!
0: Значит, этот металлический, a drinking it. вредно. Вы понимаете? Радиации but На боях, why? Oh, боях, why? Бы, да, well, I did a I a of of that's what I did. That's what I do. Got me little shovel out. And I found out that mercury itself is not toxic. It, in its pure form, that is. Ah, but, 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 ah, 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 save the buts. Amalgam fillings are a mixture of metals, not just mercury. That's right. Consisting of mercury and powdered alloy composed of silver, tin, and copper. Approximately 50% of dental amalgams is mercury, not all of it. Lamps found in burial chambers that burnt without oxygen for a hundred years. That's right. I believe they use mercury as an energy source. It has to do with frequencies and energy. A very special element. Lighthouses with large Fresnel lenses used mercury baths as a low friction rotation mechanism. In India, they know how to prepare and detoxify. It's called shilajit and cow dung is involved, but it's a long process. girl, she tried to lose weight with the drug Ozempic, O-Z-E-M-P-I-C. She now suffers from a lifetime of diarrhoea. Ozempic, there's two spellings of this, one with a K at the end and one with a C. Ozempic is a diabetes drug that many girls use to lose weight. And was believed to have minimal side effects. Hundreds of complaints and lawsuits from victims started pouring in on the manufacturer. Someone got stomach paralysis. Someone had an undergo a complicated surgery and now will not be able to go to the toilet independently. And another girl will suffer from diarrhea for the rest of her life. Ever thought about dishwashing? What are you putting in that bloody thing with your plates? You ever really think about that little capsule thing? Not so good, guys. Do you want to hear something you can do naturally? I do. I really, really do.
7: Soap doesn't want you to know this. These are toxic. Dishwasher pods have microplastics, synthetic fragrances, and toxic chemicals. But you can make your own non-toxic dishwasher tablets with just three simple ingredients. One cup baking soda, a fourth cup citric acid, one tablespoon of dish soap. Just mix it up with a whisk or you can use your hands. After everything is mixed, you just pack it into a silicone ice tray. Just scrape off the excess after about 10 minutes of letting it rise and I like to scrape it into a bowl so you can save the excess for later. In 4 to 12 hours, you'll have yourself some non-toxic dishwasher tablets.
0: Pretty good stuff, eh? Pretty bloody good, you little housewife, you, Mr. Oz. secret government, and other poisons. Ten minutes.
9: Part three of my
11: billionaires are building these underground bunkers and... ...the secret covenant. Let's go!
6: We'll keep their lifespan short and their minds weak while pretending to do the opposite. We will use our knowledge of science and technology in subtle ways so that they will never see what's happening. We'll use soft metals, aging accelerators, and sedatives in food and water also in the air. They will be blanketed by poisons everywhere they turn. The soft metals will cause them to lose their mind. We'll promise to find a cure from our many fronts, yet we will find. We'll yet we will feed them more poison. The poisons will be absorbed through their skin and mouths, and they will destroy their minds and reproductive system. From all this, their children will be born dead, and we'll conceal this information. The poisons will be hidden in everything that surrounds them, and what they drink, eat, breathe, and wear. We must be ingenious in dispensing the poisons for they can see far. Air, food,
11: water. Just like this. Air, food, water. Basic necessities, right? Right. So for all the people that want to talk about climate change, there is one thing that you need to address first. Yes, first. And all you have to do is go outside and look up. (laughs) It is not snow believe it or not military aircraft flying through the region is dropping chaff small bits of aluminum sometimes it's made of plastic or uh, even uh, metallicized uh, metallicized
4: paper products but it's used as an anti-radar issue and obviously they're up there practicing now they won't confirm that but patents. i was in the Marine corps for years and i'll tell you right now but that's what it is
11: so just type in geoengineering patents look at this list click that first one right there boom all the patents want you to realize that that says 1891. That says 1905. That one says 1913. That's how you can see for yourself. Just check out the patents. Don't let your eyes deceive you. Let's see if you're toxic in heavy metals right now. Go to Amazon, type this in. Neodium round magnets. And here's what you're going to find. Check this out. You see this magnet right here? It sticks to everybody's upper nasal cavity. Everybody. Do you know why? Because while not all of these are magnetic, some of them are, including graphene oxide. And just so everybody knows, this isn't a right or a left thing. This is all presidents involved. Not-
0: now, what he's talking about here, this is an outrage. We are paying for the chemicals they are using. The budget Obama didn't want you to know about. Aluminium 15.8 and, and Tommy, eh, sorry. Antimony 63.3, arsenic 418, barium 5.3, cadmium 6.0, chromium 6.4, copper 9.0, iron 43.5, lead 15.7, mag, meganese is 513.8 nickel is 10.7 and zinc is 7.5 one president
11: ever put an executive order to ban chemtrails so when it comes to chemtrails they all agree poison your ass that's right i said it they all agree on that because this is what's in it and if you don't believe me check out this whistleblower she's one of many kristen megan and whistleblower that's all you have to type in Just like that right there. And then just go check her out. She exposed that she worked as like an APA for the Air Force. And when she tried to expose it, you know what they did to her? They said, aren't you a single mom? What would happen if we put you in a mental institution to see how you're doing? What would happen to your daughter? That's the type of threat she was under for exposing being a whistleblower against chemtrails to protect her fellow man. That's you on the other side of this video. So check her out. She put her life on the line just for you. Just like so many others have. And yeah, look, it's magnetized, right? Just so you know, there's different types of aircraft. Some spray. Some do clean cloud seeding there's all different types of geoengineering this is just one type graphene oxide nanoparticles for cloud seeding here's the patent right here pretty wild right does graphene
6: stick to magnets this is the snow that i melted today and then i put a big magnet on the outside of this glass and i'm just rolling the magnet
4: around the glass that's what i'm doing Q two.
8: Magnet.
4: Magnet. Glass. Nose. That's pretty creepy. Anyone want to guess why we have that in our water? This is your cloud seeding airplane. It is. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, this is a Piper uh, Comanche 250, uh, carbureted, and it's been uh, rigged with the flare rack for uh, cloud seeding purposes. So, nothing else is really out of the ordinary. I have a question to the pilots that dump sodium uh, oxide on her head all day. Speaking of the devil, they're doing it again. X marks the spot. What do you do when you go home to your family and they ask you how your day was? Do you say, oh, it was great. I poisoned half of America. How do you even sleep at night?
11: Are
8: you human?
11: Well, barium and aluminum are just two ingredients. When we did a hair follicle test on our child, he came out toxic for almost all of these. Arsenic, barium, they've been spraying us. Well, tonight,
0: please. Barium actually, on the scale, is B-A. Aluminium is A-L. Isn't that interesting? Barium and aluminium. Ba-L. Ba-L. Hmm. Just a coincidence.
4: Skies. Uh, it seemed like some mornings it was just crisscrossing the whole sky. They were just, it was just like a giant checkerboard. Bill Nichols snapped several photos of the strange clouds from his home in Stamps, Arkansas. They begin as normal contrails from a jet engine, but do not fade away like a normal contrail. Soon after, he saw particles in the air. Yeah, you because know, we'd see it drop to, to the ground in a haze. Nichols then noticed the material collecting on the ground. This so, uh, water and stuff that I collected in bowls, I had to set out in my backyard on dad's pickup truck. KSLA News 12 had the sample tested at a lab. The results? A high level of barium. 6.8 parts per million. More than three
8: times the
4: toxic level set by the EPA.
11: Our- so there you go, guys. Your air is fucking poisoned. You ain't got nothing, Katie. What about... What about our water? Our water's not poisoned. It's not. Why does your water test for all these toxins? They don't even filter for pharmaceuticals. Why did they intentionally put fluoride in the water? You know, fluoride that's actually toxic. And this isn't my conspiracy. What I mean is when they move it in a bag, it is labeled toxic. Just like this. This is not my conspiracy. This is a toxin. And if you research sodium fluoride or fluoride's period being toxic, because they use four different kinds, this is the most common one, but they're toxic. They pour this in your drinking water system. You think the government cares so much about your cavities that they're pouring this toxic shit in there? They don't care. They're lying to you about the reason. That's the ugly truth. They poison you with all these types of toxins in your water because that was always their plan pesticide atrazine can turn male frogs into females this was done by a berkeley professor that's what's in your water atrazine you see Berkeley, Tyrone Hayes. Discover that one of the world's widely most used pesticides wreaks havoc on the sex lives of adult male frogs, emasculating three quarters of them and turning one in the ten into females. One in ten turn into females, and this shit's in your drinking water. And you wonder why everybody's fucked up. This is why. It's not your fault. They're doing it to you. I completely filter my water. I do not drink their water. I do not drink bottled water. Got rid of that years ago. I you know all my friends are probably like, you know, throw me a Gatorade, and I'm like, I don't drink that. Probably like, wow you know this is why when you truly see what they're doing you don't want no part of it in fact you want to tell your friends and your friends kind of like might think you're a little bit goofy or crazy at first and then then you make a video like this there's so much (laughs) to the drinking water just as much as there is in the chemtrails what's up with the food in america i just want you to see
4: what coffee mate has it's basically it has aluminum in it and it's actually exploding in the fire watch this now
12: gosto You see, when the word citric acid appears on a food ingredient list, many believe it's coming from limes and lemons. truth is, citric acid is poison and comes from genetically modified black mold.
11: Mold. Well, that's fucked up. Did you know that? Citric acid is actually GMO mold? Bam! Soybean researchers in Japan discovered this soybean compound makes 100% of catfish female. Gives a whole new meaning to soy boy, doesn't it? You think it's by accident? Move the alphas from within, like really from within. If you can see, that's how you take over a country. Poison the fuck out of them.
4: Why is it that in America, we have more fitness centers than anywhere in the world or any generation before us, but none of us are actually fit? We have more vitamin and supplement centers than anywhere else in the world or any generation before us, but none of us are actually healthy. They don't do that in other countries because in other countries, they get their from their food which leads me to my next point we pay more on a daily basis just to obtain regular food and none of it has any healthy or nutritional properties at all it's quite the contrary it's actually poisoning us and making
11: us sick well guys does it make you wonder why we're so sick why we're so divided and conquered and hate each other you might just want to look up or you might just want to look on your ingredients list of your food or you might just want to look into what they're putting in our water While they're allowed to put this poisonous shit in our cereals in our food it's it's everything too, it's so many more ingredients. I'm just listing a fraction. It's literally everything. Try sodium phosphate in all your cereals. While this is legal, this is allowed. You know it's not allowed. Raw organic farming from the Amish, like this. You're raiding all the raw milk farmers. Amish farmer faces fines and prison time. Took him to federal court three times in 2023. So it's true what they say in the secret covenant. All right, go check out part four coming
4: soon.
0: That was from the conspiracy music guru um website that one but it doesn't actually say the name of the gentleman that actually produced it so the war the In war 2011, on raw milk
15: this guy was arrested for selling raw milk yes you heard that correctly meet james stewart The milkman whose initial bail was set at $121,000, which is more than the average bail set for some sexual assault or even involuntary manslaughter charges. In the U.S., the interstate sale and distribution of raw milk is banned by the FDA. And while other raw milk laws are mostly left up to the states, it's extremely regulated. And breaking these laws could have serious consequences. You see, the FDA's mission is not to keep you safe, but to keep you under control and keep themselves rich. One thing is for certain. The U.S. government does not want you selling raw, unpasteurized milk, and they sure as hell don't want you drinking it.
0: Okay, despite the misinformation about... Um Pathogenic uh, Bacteria. It's a great documentary of why raw milk is heavily regulated and illegal in many places. Now, this one goes for a whole 20 minutes, so I'm going to play the whole lot. Let's go.
8: But why? The good intentions always get out of control. There's a good intention done by the food and drug...
0: Unless someone wants to call in, I'm going to pretty much wrap this up at um, around the half past hour, I reckon. Hour and a half. No one calls in, and that'll be great, because I've got another show coming up in a couple of hours, my usual ten tour, whenever.
15: Administration, make sure your food is safe.
8: Who's against safe food? Everybody's for safe food. But do we need the FDA? So now what the FDA is doing and why they feel so compelled to protect you, they will arrest you if you start drinking raw milk and you happen to cross a state border. What is so dangerous about you making your own choice about whether or not you can drink raw milk? I think we ought to vote for the right to drink raw milk.
15: Ron Paul said something there that has been true for all of world history. The good intentions always get out of control. And I think this is particularly true for what I'm calling the four horsemen of the raw milk apocalypse the CDC, the FDA, big pharma, and big dairy. Why is raw milk illegal in the first place? Well, because it's dangerous for human consumption, full of deadly bacteria.
2: Or is it? It was really around the turn of the 20th century that raw milk kind of started getting looked at in an unfavorable light. They put a lot of dairies in cities next to distilleries, and basically they would be inside of a building being fed um, the... Spent grains from distilleries, and it made these cows extremely unhealthy. They would actually add chalk to the milk to make it look like milk, because um, it was so watery. And these cows got tuberculosis, and it spread like wildfire through these um, industrial dairies. And, I mean, just disease was rampant in these in these dairies. And then, so then the pasteurization process came about, and it basically made made this milk drinkable and without killing you and that's kind of when there started to be a change in how people looked at milk at that time there were still a lot of small farms out in the countryside that produced quality milk but as more and more people moved to the city and fewer and fewer people raised cows on a small scale pasteurized milk became the norm for everybody and i think we're still left with that legacy the state inspectors and federal inspectors still want to think that that raw milk is unsafe when, when it actually can be produced extremely safe squeeze i am squeezing you never
0: had your hands on a teat before not one this big
15: Now, while it is true that some bacteria could develop in raw milk, it's not a high-risk food, as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention would like you to believe. You see, the question is not whether some people have gotten sick from raw milk, but whether raw milk poses such a high level of risk that it justifies government regulation. Let's do some research and find out. And let's use the CDC's own data to do so. Before we look at the nation as a whole, we're going to zero in on Texas. Between 1998 and 2010, only two people contracted some kind of foodborne illness from raw milk. Neither was even hospitalized, by the way, so I think it's safe to say that the illnesses were pretty minor. In that same 12 years, raw oysters caused 486 illnesses and 20 hospitalizations, Turkey, 852 illnesses, and ham salad with 225 illnesses. What the hell is even ham salad? I don't want to know. (laughs) No, don't, don't, I don't want to know. Anyway, according to a survey conducted by the CDC, an average of 3% of the population have consumed raw milk within the last week. In Texas, a 3% consumption rate would mean that nearly 1 million Texans regularly drink raw milk. Yet only two people have reported illnesses over more than a decade. Okay, now let's zoom out. Nationwide, there were 1,414 illnesses and 80 hospitalizations attributed to raw milk. Now, these numbers are already a bit skewed as the CDC doesn't indicate how many of these illnesses were attributed to raw milk that came from under the table dairies dairies that aren't licensed to sell raw milk. Dairies that are producing milk intended for pasteurization aren't held to the same standards as those that sell raw milk for raw milk's sake. But consumers often buy raw milk from these under-the-table dairies illegally. We're like living in the raw milk prohibition era. In a lot of these states, raw milk buyers have gotten pretty creative in how they obtain their raw milk legally. Sometimes, instead of buying the milk from dairy farmers, they'll buy a share of the cow. Because in these states, it's illegal to buy raw milk, but it's not illegal to drink milk from your own cow. She's a very fine cow. If it's not from a cow share, it's from a raw milk buying club. This happens in states that only allow raw milk sales on the farm of which it is produced. Unlike your local grocery store, these farms can sometimes be a pain to get to. So you might join a raw milk buying club in which club members will go to the farm, get the milk, and bring it back to a designated pickup spot for you. These legal loopholes are a real thorn in Big Dairy's side, which we'll get to in a second. The pre-pasteurized milk people are buying under the table obviously poses a higher risk because it's just not intended for consumption until after pasteurization and it's stored in bulk tanks, which are known to hold more pathogens. Much like other unregulated products, you never really know what you're getting when you buy it. Without regulations or safety standards for these large-scale dairy operations, there is no real way of knowing if these milk-related illnesses came from the milk itself or outside sources. These laws have only forced consumers to obtain the product through shady sellers. It's like the alcohol prohibition when moonshine was brewed illegally and consumers were often affected by some kind of alcohol poisoning. Not because alcohol is inherently deadly, but because the restrictions forced sellers to produce it in less than desirable ways. So the number of illnesses related to raw milk are probably a bit inflated. But even still, the numbers for other foods nationwide are pretty comparable. Fruit salad caused 1,323 illnesses, 29 hospitalizations, and 1 death. Tuna caused 1,355 illnesses, 36 hospitalizations, and 3 deaths. Deli meats caused 1,345 illnesses, 104 hospitalizations, and 19 deaths. And pizza caused 1,614 illnesses, 20 hospitalizations, and 3 deaths. The main difference here is that raw milk has caused zero deaths. You're literally more likely to die by eating fruit salad or pizza.
2: There's been no deaths from raw milk in the last 15 years. But if you look in the media headlines, you you wouldn't think that. You would think it's the most dangerous food out there. But it it can be done safe, and it is being done safe. And by the federal government's own estimates, 3% of the population drinks raw milk on a regular basis.
15: Not only is raw milk not threatening your life, it's improving it. The health benefits include things like lower rates of asthma and allergies. Reduced risk of respiratory infections, protection against eczema. It's a great source of various vitamins, and it's known to be great for gut health. Pasteurization filters out a lot of these health benefits from the milk. In fact, the FDA requires dairy farmers who sell pasteurized milk to add synthetic vitamins into the milk. These unnatural vitamins are not absorbed into the body the same way natural vitamins are. Sometimes your body isn't even able to absorb them at all.
8: Well, I happen to know that milk helps build strong
15: bones. Well, Mr. Miller told me he never drinks milk. Look at here. You often hear that milk is good for your bones, which it is until it's been pasteurized. In fact, pasteurized milk is actually Leasing. making your bones weaker. Leasing I'm not kidding. Calcium is the substance in milk that makes your bones stronger. But pasteurization destroys phosphatase, an enzyme that is essential for the body to absorb the calcium. This actually plays a huge role in diseases like osteoporosis, a disease that thins your bones. 10 million Americans have osteoporosis, and another 44 million have low bone density. And what are they doing to solve the problem? Well, they're drinking milk thinking it's helping. When in reality, it's stopping their body from being able to absorb calcium at all, worsening the problem. The CDC and the FDA will never tell you this because they're much more worried about what's in their wallet and what's in our food. Since raw milk is so beneficial to one's health, the pharmaceutical industry can't help but get their greedy little hands on it. Unfortunately for them, you can't really patent raw milk. So the only way to make money off of it is to regulate it. To do this, Big Pharma employs their henchmen over at the FDA. And I don't use the word henchmen lightly. The FDA is almost entirely controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. As a federal agency, you'd think that the FDA is paid by taxpayers. But wouldn't you know the pharmaceutical industry finances 75% of the agency's drug division? You can thank President George Bush for that. In 1992, He signed into law the Prescription Drug User Fee Act. This act allowed for the FDA to collect fees from pharmaceutical manufacturers when reviewing products. This expedited the process of reviewing and approving products as the FDA was able to hire more people and upgrade equipment. But as Ron Paul warned, these good intentions were taken advantage of. Now, every five years, top officials at the FDA go behind closed doors to negotiate its budget. But they're not at the table with U.S. lawmakers. Instead, they're negotiating with representatives from major pharmaceutical industries whose products are regulated by the FDA. Not to mention the fact that people employed by these pharmaceutical companies will often leave their jobs to work in the FDA and vice versa. Check out this video for an in-depth explanation of that. In 2022, the FDA's budget was $3 billion.
2: The reason we're in this position with raw milk being demonized, I, part of it is political, but mostly it's it's money. Um, there's, there's a lot of money in the dairy industry. Food and Drug
15: Administration is truly evil and cares less about the safety of food and drugs and more about money and power. This was really highlighted back in 2010 when a lawsuit forced the FDA to reveal their true intentions. Please rise. Court is now session. The Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund, a group dedicated to protecting consumer access to raw milk, sued the FDA, alleging that their laws surrounding raw milk violated the US Constitution. The suit was ultimately dismissed, but the FDA's response will shock you. They wrote, there is no deeply rooted historical tradition of unfettered access to foods of all kinds. Plaintiffs' assertion of a fundamental right to their own bodily and physical health, which includes what foods they do and do not choose to consume for themselves and their families, is similarly unavailing, because plaintiffs do not have a fundamental right to obtain any food they wish. The FDA believes that you do not have the right to choose what you eat or drink. You should only be allowed to consume what the FDA gives you permission to consume. There is no inherent right or God-given right to eat or drink from the sources provided by nature without the FDA's consent. The government has the ability to deny you access to foods or drinks you wish to consume, and they don't do this for your safety but political and financial gain. Those trying to understand the rise of FDA power might resort to Tacitus' belief that the more corrupt a society is, the more numerous
2: are its laws.
4: Hey,
2: cookies! Say, so, you know, I think our neighbor might like one too. Yeah? Here you go. <laughs> Thank
4: you. <laughs>
15: Got milk? For years, Big Dairy has been lying to you. Milk advertisements dominated the 90s and are still around today. But these ads aren't even for a specific brand of milk. They're just advertising milk. The reason for this actually dates back to World War I. During the war, a ton of dairy products, specifically powdered milk, was produced for soldiers. The powdered stuff never went bad and was easy to transport in large quantities. But then the war ended, and the dairy companies were left with a massive oversupply of milk that nobody was buying. Instead of having all this milk go to waste, Big Dairy teamed up with the government to convince Americans to buy it. This was the beginning of milk propaganda. And it really was propaganda. A lot of what they told Americans about the health benefits of milk was just not true. And things haven't changed since. Big Dairy doesn't want people to know that their pasteurized Frankenstein milk-adjacent substance is horrible for your health. For decades, they've spent millions of dollars per year lobbying Congress to promote their product. In 2022, Big Dairy spent $7 million lobbying, the biggest spenders being Lando Lakes and the National Milk Producers Federation. A lot of what they lobby for are more laws and restrictions on raw milk. You see, these massive dairy companies can't make as much money off raw milk because it requires much more attention at the local level to produce correctly and doesn't have as long of a shelf life. And if they can't sell it, nobody can. They want to extinguish the local farmer and they'll do it by any means necessary. Remember the buying clubs I mentioned earlier? Well, a few years ago in Massachusetts, the state's Department of Agricultural Resources decided to crack down on these technically legal operations. Spearheaded by Massachusetts legislator Scott Soares, several cease and desist letters were sent to various clubs and proposed changes to the law began surfacing. When the club members and dairy farmers challenged these cease and desist letters, Source admitted to them that large dairy companies had contacted him to push for more restrictions on raw milk. If you're not buying from Big Dairy, they don't want you buying at all. Ladies, gotta go to work.
14: In fact, people have been arrested and, and just locked up for having whole milk. What the fuck? Like, what is this, agents? Who, who are these assholes that are getting paid government money from
15: our taxes? This war on raw milk is being waged by the growing number of hygienic zealots attempting to build some sort of perfectly sterilized utopia. They think that without the science experts, we'll all be doomed. As if their manufactured, chemically embalmed, lab-grown food is better than the food Mother Nature grows. But health freedom is winning. In some states, raw milk sales are up by 150%. Because it's almost entirely off the books, it's extremely hard to track. So that number could be way higher. The CDC and the FDA will tell you that this is dangerous. It's not. As ridiculous as it sounds, we've been brainwashed by Big Dairy. The pasteurized milk industry has been spreading propaganda for years, claiming it is within your best interest. But people are starting to wake up, and the sentiment is starting to change from got milk to raw milk.
0: Yeah. Very fascinating. Well, it's at the hour and a half mark. What I'm going to do, the reason I put on the show just before me My actual one, or the regular one. That's on at about an hour and a half. So I thought, well stuff it. I've got a few more things I want to get out, because I'm I'm things are piling up, if you know what I mean, even with the um the ones I've been putting out. It's like um information overload at the moment, guys. So what I'll do I'll um I'll have a two minute break, just a quick one. And um I reckon I'll have an open line. So, what I'll do if anyone's in the room or someone comes in, I'll let them know and I'll just play some stuff. But if someone feels the need or would just like to call in, just say day, and I'm off or whatever, whatever he's like to do. So, we've got half an hour left. I just need a quick two minute break and I'll, um, yeah, I'll roll in and feel free to call in, guys, or yeah, see where it goes. All right, be back in a sec. Jeez, that was a good time. Just come back to the bloody chair right on time. Now I have to close the old bloody blinds let's get the lights going here. Sun's starting to go down. Oh, shit. I'm going to go and bloody do some bloody hose work. An hour break. A big break I'm going to have between the shows. So, anyway, let's get back to where I was on this other one. Hopefully, it's. Hasn't lost the bookmarker. Beautiful. Things are working out for a change. In mean, one of those days, guys, I can tell you. Went to the um. Went out and a few things in the morning, and then bloody on the way home, I thought, ah, I'll get some bloody petrol. So I've got 50 bucks worth. Got in, got my card out to go take some money out of the machine. Like to pay pay with cash anywhere I can. Card bloody spat out, didn't it? I forgot that I'd bloody cancelled my card Until I got a new one Because of some problems I had on eBay So I said "We uh, have got a problem I've got $25 in my pocket And there's $50 on your um, bowser <laughs> Anyway 45 minute round trip later Finally got back there they pretty cool about it Yeah License and Red jail and You know We'll come get you if we, we know where you live <laughs> Pretty much So that was a bit of fun and games, and then a few other little things here and there that ticked me off a little bit. Yes, one of those days, I tell you. You get that every now and then, don't you? Wish I'd just stayed in bed. Um. All right, this is really interesting. This guy, he's um, I'm just trying to see if I can find his name. It's called. Takumi TK10, T-E-N-N. Whatever the hell that means, I guess that's his name. He's a, looks like a bloody, um, I don't know, he's a weird looking fella. Sort of Polish-ish cross with something, I don't know. Anyway, if that's his name, that's his name, I guess. Sounds a bit like a guru. Now, this is interesting for people that have stomach issues and just malnutrition and that. This goes to do with a lot to do with your gut. Anyway, reasons you don't absorb nutrients and you get sick.
12: Two perpetrators to greatly decreasing the body's physiological ability to digest and absorb digest food
0: This guy goes for seven minutes.
12: And absorb nutrients from. It. Uh-huh. Two major players which interrupt that process. Number one, <clears throat> a salt free diet. Uh-huh medical doctors have been telling everybody for 40 years don't you know no more salt restrict salt stop using salt salt causes high blood pressure salt will kill you salt is the antichrist don't use salt and they're dead wrong as within that this is a tragic because it was in the 1950s that harvard university published a study that said hey wait wait a minute there's no relationship between normal salt intake and high blood pressure and that Research was um, redone just two years ago. Uh-huh. So, salt is extremely important for the health of the stomach acid.
5: That's right.
12: Your stomach acid needs the chloride from sodium chloride, salt is sodium chloride. Your stomach needs the chloride to make hydrochloric acid, uh-huh. which is, you know, the main mover and shaker, the main major component of stomach acid is hydrochloric acid. Body can't make chloride so if it's not in the food that you're eating your stomach acid is going to be weak uh-huh. if your stomach acid is weak well it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that your body's not going to be able to digest its food appropriately uh-huh. and so that's a really big stumbling block is being on a salt uh you know a salt restrictor or salt-free diet number two <clears throat> here's a little education in anatomy and physiology that should be taught to people in high school but is not so the digestive tract of the human being is like a series of dominoes Mm -hmm. starts in the mouth right with saliva and the teeth saliva starts to dissolve the the food The teeth chew it up and make it smaller and smaller get more uh, surface area so it's easier to digest easier for the digestive chemicals to get in there then it drops down into the stomach, which is basically a great big bag of acid. <clears throat> and when you're healthy and your stomach acid is adequate to the cause, the stuff that you have just swallowed is dissolved into a liquid slurry. Mm-hmm. It's called chime. And there's a bunch of digestive enzymes that are at play there. Hydrochloric acid is one of the most important. So everything gets dissolved in the stomach if you're healthy and then moves from the stomach into the small intestine. And the small intestine is the—it's the, has the greatest surface area, the longest length of any part of your digestive tract. The small intestine is from 9 to 12 feet long, depending on how big you are. And the small intestine, if you cut it in half, it looks like a plush carpet uh-huh. inside. Because uh-huh. it's lined with these little finger-like projections called villi, and millions of them. And on top of the villi are microscopic villi. So there's literally billions, with a B, of tissues along the length of the small intestine, mm-hmm. the sole purpose of which is to absorb nutrients into your bloodstream, which leads to a really curious um, anatomical fact. This is a fun fact no know and tell. When food is inside your small intestine, Mm -hmm. it's outside the body. Because your digestive tract is like one big tube Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from your mouth to the rear end. And when stuff is inside the tube, it's actually outside the body. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get inside the body until it absorbs through the villi into the bloodstream. And the villi... And this is another fun fact to know and tell, the small intestine, the area of the blood vessels which surround the small intestine and which absorb all this stuff, Uh it's like the border guard of of the country. And that's where the headquarters of the immune system is. Our immune system has a central headquarters. It's the network of blood vessels surrounding the small intestine. Because this makes sense, right? Because stuff that was coming from the outside of the body gets to the inside of the body through the villi, through the blood. And Mm -hmm. so that's where it meets the immune system, which is like the border guard, which gives the stuff a pass or a fail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is that there's a certain food group, Mm -hmm. certain protein, Mm -hmm. which when consumed physically damages the villa. It physically damages them. And that protein is gluten, which is everywhere all the time. And which has been, you know, uh, whole wheat bread, bread, rolls, wheat flour, the whole thing about grains ever since I was a kid and then moving forward has been trumpeted by medical professionals as the staff of life. Right. right. Got to have your bread. You know, you man can't live by bread alone. Well, let's have some more bread. So, grains that contain gluten, which are wheat, barley, rye, and oats, when consumed, damage the tissue in the small intestine that absorb nutrients. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? It's a bad idea. So it's a double whammy. Not enough salt not enough digestive juice, food doesn't get digested properly, and then you can't absorb it efficiently because your entire life you've been having pancakes for breakfast and sandwiches for lunch and cookies for snacks and donuts and pizza and pasta, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, right? I mean, it's a it's a grain fest here. And these two reasons are the impelling reasons. Which make absorption of nutrients that are in the food difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And remember, the, the food doesn't have everything that we need. No. So here's how many nutrients we need. Here's how many's in the food. Here's how many we absorb. And then we get sick, and we wonder why. Mm-hmm. All chronic disease is directly related to nutrient deficiencies. You have to plug these leaks in the digestive tract you have to strengthen the stomach acid and then you have to add the nutrients that are not present in the food in order to make this whole puppy work in order to make this plane fly this is what you have to do and sadly and you know this from the from the conspiracy department department this was all done on purpose
0: very interesting. And going back to that milk one just before as well, um, they're finding some great studies a couple of years ago. I never heard much about it after it um, for autism and um, high allergy children. Is um, Believe it or not, it was what was it? camel's milk. Yeah. They actually started a farm. I think it was about um, 30 miles, roughly about maybe 50 kilometers away up the road. And I'm going to look into it again. They were selling rural camel's milk. Yeah, they found some really good studies with that for, um, health-wise. Um, you don't hear much about it. You usually hear more about cow and goat, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know what happened. It sort of fizzled out. Maybe it was too bloody good. They can't have that now, can they? I have no recollection. Now, Dopey Fauci, this is who Normies was listening to. This once um, heralded Matrix medical false idiot or idol said, I do not recall 174 times um, in Missouri and Louisiana's landmark lawsuit against the federal government and the pedo Joe admin for um, colluding with social media companies to censor speech during the Corona baloney. Have a listen to this little whack job? Now, yeah, he only goes for a freaking minute. That's about all we can handle the freak. I'm
5: sorry. Would you repeat the question? What's the question again? I think I'm not sure. I, yes. You know, I don't. I don't recall whether. I don't recall anything from that phone call. You know, I don't recall. I don't recall. I may have, but I don't recall. I don't specifically remember. Do you recall that? I don't recall. I don't recall this. If you show me this now and ask me the question, do you recall this? I'd have to say I don't recall. You know, I don't recall. It's possible, but I don't recall. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Not specifically that I can recall. Again, this is not something that rings a bell with me that I would remember. I don't ever recall. I don't recall ever. Not to my knowledge, I don't. I don't know if they did. What a lying little prick. don't recall specifically. Little maggot. I, I don't recall. may have occurred, but I don't recall. I don't recall him saying that. I don't specifically recall. I don't recall. But I don't recall.
0: Yeah. I bet you, though, he'll recall when he finally gets a noose around his frickin' neck, the little weasel. All right. we're getting close to the um to the end here. Uh, what have we got here? Okay, I'm not sure what this one is. It's got Jay Reagan on it. I'm not sure what he's got to say here with these false killer whales. I've right, heard there's heard a whale. A
14: false killer whale. A false killer whale. Week. Check this we out. I was a little fishing with the kids, and we're on this boat. And this false killer whale. I was in Hawaii this week. We Do a little fishing with the kids, and we're on this boat. And this guy Steve, who was on the boat with me, told me that they had a run-in with these false killer whales, where they were pulling in these fifty-pound tunas and this gigantic 20 foot long thing that thing you ever seen one of those no what the dude how did i not know that that existed this crazy looking weird whale thing with giant teeth and they call them false killer whales i don't know i guess it's like some sort of a dolphin subspecies or something this thing snacked this fucking 50 pound tuna right off the hook just ripped it off in front of him while he was pulling it in and so they said oh jesus christ these things are gonna find it let's let's get out of here We'll go somewhere else. They went five miles away. These things followed them five miles and jacked two more
1: fish. Wow. Wild wild world out there.
0: All right. I'm going to have to cut this because I'm just realizing how dark it's starting to get. Yeah, doesn't bloody the sunset doesn't go down here in South Australia till bloody nine o'clock, guys. And I'm 10 minutes to nine and she's just about ready to disappear. So I'm going to have to get out there and do her. a few little fixtures that I've got to get going out and a bit of hose work before my show in another bloody hour. <laughs> little soldier, you guys, man. There's no doubt about you. All right. We'll take it out with a quick song and whenever this little monkey decides to shut down, I guess, that's where we'll end it. And, um, yep, usual thing, 10 o'clock till whenever, 11.30, 12, so maybe hour and a half, midnight, see how we go depending on what I've got here um, I've fallen behind a bit because they're getting some of them a little bit longer than usual I find them important a little bit too short to play as a main like you know number podcast a little bit too um, yeah not quite long enough so I'm trying to get them out anyways because there's some great info no doubt about it well I think so anyway that's what I believe all right guys I'll um, I'm gonna leave you with a, a a daughter and a father duo okay? Now, this is Matt and Savannah Shaw. Check this out, guys. I like little ones like this, sing-alongs with um, daughter, and uh, she's probably about, I don't know, 15. Dad's, I don't know. Dad. <laughs> probably in his 30s or something like that. don't know. Yeah, 15, maybe about, no, it'd be probably more, the early 40s, I guess. Anyway, let's have a listen. I'll catch us on the next episode, guys. Take care. See you in about an hour or so.
6: That's where we go.